I'm DJ Psyched, and you're watching the Get Psyched YouTube channel. Let's get psyched about YouTube. You're listening to the Get Psyched podcast, and today we're getting psyched with PME again for the fourth time. We have done actually three other podcasts together, two in 2020, one in 2021. So this has kind of become an annual event. You want yes, to say hi? It, it is. Hello. <laughs> we got right into that. I didn't think it was going to be that dang going quick. But yes, hello, everybody. How is everybody doing? I hope you're day night evening whatever time I, I hope it is well yeah yeah <laughs> i just wanted to dive into things because like one it's late and i think that we have a lot of things that are worth talking about so why beat around the bush of course so i just kind of want to real quick give an introduction if you haven't seen the other podcast with pme you can find two of them here on this youtube channel or if you're listening to the audio wherever you listen you can go back and find those episodes but pme he's a creator he's a small time producer he makes beats and we've known each other since high school that's that's kind of why we have this connection where we work together so much and we love to just sit down and talk about creating i think one of the the fun things about our dynamic is that even though we don't talk like every day whenever we get our heads together we have good ideas that i feel at least that these conversations always kind of motivate me and give me a little extra something they're they're kind of the the annual spice I need to yeah. push me into the next year. Those are the best kind of conversations. The conversations that you like, you just constantly don't talk to that friend. And then all of a sudden you get together and just have one long ass conversation. <laughs> That's the best conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think it's, it's interesting because I think that when we started this out together, I think our paths seemed similar and I think they have become yeah. super different. Very, very different. Very, very, very different. different. <laughs> because when we first started, you also were making music. And now, you know, you're more writing and podcasting. So. I think the, the way I would describe our dynamic is you have stayed a consistent musician who has like this really cool image you're building and you're like driving towards it and you have this path and I'm the hot mess <laughs> who's been like changing up. I the wouldn't say a hot mess. I wouldn't say a hot mess. OK, that, that's, that's a lot. I wouldn't say a hot mess. I would say more of, you know the adhd creative. yeah that's what i yeah like. and i think that because our paths are so different i feel like yours has more of a linear like if you would put them on graphs yours is a little more linear looking yeah. and mine kind of looks like this weird zigzag where for a period of time you were wondering if i'd ever come back and then, and then there was like that jump back okay, in okay. yeah so i think um what would be cool to talk about initially is kind of statistically like you know like or stats or whatever you call them yeah talking about what those look like for us right now and and then kind of jumping into how things have changed for us and, and how we've gotten to the point we are in now. Yeah. So you want to start with yours first? Yeah, you I want, want me you to, to go start with first? yours. Okay, <laughs> so, you know, in total, I have three beat tapes, 2020, 20, 20 uh, player one, and then my newest one in my element. Uh, on That's my music. On Beat Stars, I've put out around 159 Um beats in total one sold thank god you know shout out to you justin um apple music i have around 2000 all-time listens spotify can't remember but my top stream song if i'm correct is castle ground and funny enough my first track that i've ever made peanut butter is the second one that was the reigning champion until um uh player one that came out so it was it was just wild to see i was i was it was crazy the king had been dethroned you know what i'm saying so sweet yeah hey, you want me to go to mine yeah go all ahead. right uh so for my stats uh, i've got a youtube channel which 
since the last time we did a podcast together, I've done 20 more videos, which isn't isn't that much, but it's, it's okay. A, it's it's still progress. It's still progress. I have 81 videos total on my account, and my most viewed video is at 1,500, which kind of actually has, has been a big influence on me, seeing that stat. But uh, I have 76 subscribers, which is a huge leap recently, honestly, and uh, 832 views in the last month, which is 522 more than usual, so... Looking yeah. at stats is really helpful. That it is helpful because it it gives you that gauge of like, oh, I used to be here and like you are growing. It's not yeah. it's telling you that what you're doing isn't for nothing. Yeah, oh, we can talk about that more in a second because also looking at your stats tells you what people like, what they want to see. True, very so, very true. Uh, oh, I have a website. I got fifty three posts on there, which I think my website for me is is my baby at this point. Mm-hmm. I still have all these other projects I work on clearly, but uh, I think the website is something that I kind of want to harvest into my future. Got. 1,800 views, which makes me happy, 800 visitors about, and uh, 102 is my best views on a post, and I got 41 followers, which is pretty nice. And on this podcast, I I honestly can't tell you what my stats are. I don't Mm -hmm. have access to my analytics like that, but I do have 56 episodes, which to me is uh, kind of an awesome thing because I was so inconsistent for a while that the podcast almost ended like last year, but it's pulled through, it's persevered, and it's still yeah. going. We back. You know what I'm saying? We're back. And uh, this is also kind of exciting because this is like the DIY series is back. The DIY series has been falling mm. off for a long time. So and I'm glad. I'm very happy. I'm very I'm very excited to talk about it. So first, before we get into the questions that I had for you, okay. I think the stats is going to be something kind of interesting to talk about. When it comes to looking at stats, how does that influence like your decision-making process? And how does that, how do they make you feel when you look at stats? Crazy because like, this is honestly the first time that I've really had a conversation about my statistics and stuff like that. Like, I don't normally look at them. I look at them every once in a while. Like, if I'm bored on my phone, I'll go to my Spotify for artists thing, and I'll be like, okay, you know, is that number? Or I'll go to my Apple Music, and I'll look and, you know, do that. But, like, really, I don't really focus on it that much more because sometimes numbers can be a hindrance. And, you know, it can drive some people where it's like, oh, I'm really close to that number. But... I feel like in the very beginning, sometimes it'll be like, okay, I need this number to be higher. Like, why can't, why isn't my number compared to somebody else's number? But I've also learned to grow, learned to know that um, it's just different. Like, everybody's path is different. So, like, yeah, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to be making beats. And I think they're going to be good, but I just haven't found the right people. I may not have found the right people that do think they're good, you know? Yeah. No, totally. And, I think um, like using the word stats is a little different than using the word metrics, mm-hmm. which is how yeah. how they were described to me when I first learned about metrics. Actually, I, I've talked about this in like a recent podcast I did. The job I had working for Laura Sprinkle mm-hmm. completely changed the way I viewed creating and being a small business like person, like doing entrepreneurship. And we were really big on metrics at my job. Like we had to like implant our metrics every week and had like a group meeting and where we talked about them and how can we improve? Where did we do good? What made it good? Mm-hmm. And it made me realize that metrics are all about like mindset. You can't get sad if your metrics aren't what you want them to be. It's not productive to get sad about metrics not being where you want it to be. I could be sad that I have only 76 or I could be excited that I gained five new followers because of this or that. And that's kind of what, what drives you because your audience is going to tell you what they like. Like finding an audience, that is like a whole journey in of itself. But when you have an audience, even if it's 76 people those 76 people are going to show you what they like based on what they click what videos they you know for me videos uh you know beats everything's a little different but i think that like that one metric looking to see that my top two videos performing my top video 1500 
that's a video about uh, how to avoid metabolic bone disease in leopard geckos. Mm -hmm. It's an informative video, and it was well done. Actually, it's one of, like, it's one of the videos I'm most proud of. And um, I did one a very long time ago when I was on my grind about making a cricket keeper. That has a thousand that views. Video. I that video that has video. a thousand views. That's one of my most viewed videos. It's just a cricket keeper. But people like informative videos that are done well. Yeah. That make sense. And so that's why like I literally changed like I, I never posted it anywhere because I just wanted to get used to it first. But I changed my whole YouTube like thing. It's still called the Get Psyched Podcast, but my whole hook now is how to's reviews in life. That's how I describe my channel because that's I realize that's the stuff that draws people in. Yeah. How true. to do this. I mean review right. shit. you You'll even catch, I mean, you really catch everybody looking up, oh, how to do this, how to do that. Shoot, even greatest example being that the, it's one person who has made a how to tie a tie video, and that video has like 50 million, like, I think even more than that. I've watched that video. Exactly. <laughs> we all watched the video if you had to tie a tie. So, I mean, like, how to's and all that in reviews and stuff like that, I mean, it's something that a lot of people want. Yeah. So. I find it interesting. I mean, if, if you're into the topic, it's not like I'm like just doing it for views. I mean, I like geckos. Why not share that information with people? Facts, so facts. I think metrics have kind of driven me towards, you know, what kind of content do I like making mm -hmm. and what kind of content do people like watching? Because you got to meet people in the middle there if you want them to watch your stuff. True. Um, which is, an, is another point I wanted to ask you about. Like when it comes to creating and stuff, I'm deviating a little bit from the script here because I just thought of this. It's but fine. when when you envision your future what role does being a creator play in your life what role do you want it to put in your life now when you say creator do you mean as in what i'm currently doing as in like creating and putting it out as like a youtube video or anything like that or do you mean creator as in what i'm doing like just music in general just like anything you consider creative what role do you think that's going to play in your life in the future what role do you want it to play in your life well i would hope that it's the main source of income and just my main thing in life because i mean if we're if we're saying creative as in me being just a producer then that's what i want to do in life when i get to you know hopefully i can get to a point where i'll make beats for either big artists or small artists and be able to make a good amount of you know change off of it so that i want it to be my entire life to be completely honest that's the goal but if we mean creator as in I'm just making a couple small little things like a couple YouTube videos, a couple of, you know, little TikTok, uh, you know, videos, Instagram videos, anything like that, then I mean, I would be fine with that being in my life as well. Because, I mean, it's fun. So, guess I, yeah, I guess I was just asking like when your dream of, of your future, like, like the ideal scenario, like you answered it, you want it to be your whole life and all that. But is there any like, for me personally, I feel like there's a lot of groundwork I do that is just kind of meant to build a foundation. Is there any stuff that you cut out of your process and like you would just like, I'm just going to do this. I am going to I'm going to grind on this or I'm going to switch things up one day and I'm going to do this level of like uh, maybe you focus on because, you know, like mixing and mastering its own art. Some people just do that. Like, do you want to do every aspect of the process? Like what what do you want to focus on when oh, you yeah. I, I for sure want to do every aspect because I feel like, well, it's crazy because this has been coming up a lot. Funny enough. It's a, a producer I really like named Slim Wave. He's also an artist. But uh, I was watching an episode of a Beat Stars podcast, and he was on it. And he basically was just saying how he wanted to go. I can't remember the exact story. I can't remember the exact instrument. But he wanted to go. He moved to, I think, Atlanta. I could be wrong. But he moved to Atlanta or whatever so that he could pursue his dream of being, like, a musician. I think he made it was either piano or the guitar that he had wanted to play. But 
at that moment, somebody needed a bass player, and he knew how to play the bass. So he was like, okay, I'm going to do this. So I want to be well-versed in a lot of these things more so if I need to get in, you know, that would be a way for me to get in. Like, say I am, you know, in the studio with a whole bunch of people, and they're like, oh, the engineer left, so we need somebody to mix and master this, and I know how to mix and master, so I'm just going to step up and do it. Instead of me being like, well, I, I came here because I want to be a producer. So my hope is to just be, I'm not going to say a jack of all trades because the ending of that phrase isn't really the best, but I would like to just be skillful in all the parts of at least producing so that I can hold my own if I really needed to. Okay. Yeah. All right. So flipping back to the present day, jumping back from the future into the present day, your most recent project that you put out was In My Element. When did you decide to start this project? A little secret about all these projects is that I never, I am, I'm not going to say I'm a procrastinator, but for sure, I just kind of put most of the stuff together at the end of the year, towards the end of the year. Uh, I would probably say like halfway through the year, I'll be like, okay, it's project time now. So I don't know exactly what month that is, probably the summer. I'll say summer. That's when I'll probably be like, okay, I need to start um, putting together the tracks I do want to put on this album and stuff little beat tape because i don't i don't make them all at the same time i just randomly will make a really good lo-fi beat or a really good beat that i'm like this is standalone by itself and i'll be like i just put it on the project so <laughs> ah. yeah so you like you say like you do something like where because you always talk about like um i find this interesting i just wanted to ask you about this real quick okay. you some you referred to earlier as like yeah, I work on, like, my project or something like that. Mm -hmm. Do you see the work that you release? Like, because I noticed you release two different types of work, right? You release your beats for sale and you release them on YouTube and you release them more frequently. Mm -hmm. And then you've got these projects that you release on, like, Spotify and everything. And this is, like, your artist name. Mm -hmm. How do you, like, in your head, do you view these as two different, like, entities of yourself? Or are these, like, you just make beats and some of them make this field, some make that field? Do you feel like you put different emphasis on them like how, how do those work for you i try and put the same amount of effort into both of them but i will say in my head they're two different categories because you know to be blatantly blatant about it not blatantly honest but to be blatant about it one of them is going to make me money if you listen to it the other one isn't so i mean i would i'm fine with you listening to all the beat star stuff because i want you to listen to them especially if you're an artist and you're like oh i want to buy this beat but I mean, the stuff on Spotify and streaming services is going to give me a little bit of change. But, I, again, I do put the same amount of effort into all of them because, I mean, all my beats are my babies. I'm just going to be honest. It's a lot of beats on my beat stars. Some about a tiny little project that I'm not going to talk about on here. But it's a lot of the beats on my beat stars that I feel can really just stand on their own. So, Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think all of your beats, like – are good they're no, quality yeah, none sure. of them feel like cheap like for oh sure. he just threw that together yeah, for fun no, no, like, no, 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 no. they never feel that way i was just curious how like how you're able to make the decision of like this one's going on beat stars this one's getting worked on a little more is it just because you vibe with that particular beat harder 100 percent. because i'm trying to think of which one it was well i'll say for sure because this is my favorite beat that i've made puzzle 100 percent. i was gonna sell it but after a while of listening to it, I was like, nah, 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 it's got to be mine. I'm keeping this one. Um, on that album, 64, orig originally it was called Crow. And 
I was gonna sell that one as well. I had everything ready for it too. But then the last minute, I was like, nah, 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 nah. nah. I got, I got to keep this. So really, it's just again, if I'm just vibing with it, if I like it enough, enough to the point where I'm like, okay, now nah, this is mine, then I'll do that. But there are a lot of beats on my beat stars where I'm like, I really like this beat, and I just want someone to get it and just like kill this track. Like it's one called bars, and that was that's one of the, I was fire track so i'm really hoping somebody eventually goes and buys it so that they can really like kill that shit so yeah <laughs> oh nice all right yeah you heard that call to action yeah somebody <laughs> out there somebody, somebody do it <laughs> all right and um so i want to know you know so I'm, i guess the way you're saying it is that like there's these beats that you know you obviously feel they're special to you at some point and you hold them aside for a project but when you're putting them together is there an inspiration behind the ones you choose the order the names for them like how how are they inspired? I know because like on this one you had some tracks that were very personal to mm-hmm. you. So how did the inspiration come for this one? Um, usually, I, I like to start it off. I do use a uh, an application called Splice, which is basically just a large, a really big sample library. So a lot of times I'll be looking through and I'll be like, "Oh, this is a really nice beat," and I just make it. And then I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna post it eventually," or like I'm gonna use it for the pro- for a project. And then some of them. Well, for example, because I know which track you are referring to, Bobby, when I heard the sample for it or the loop, I was like, it gave me the same, like, it gave me a vibe of him. So I was like, okay, I'm most definitely going to put this on the, you know, album and stuff. But inspiration wise, like I said, it's, it sounds really heartless kind of to say it like this, but it's just more of, if I like the beat, I'm just going to put it on there. And if they, it is wild because, I feel like this one really, it felt really cohesive, even though a lot of them, like, I randomly made throughout the year. It's not like I sat down and made all these beats at the same time. I just randomly made them throughout the year, but it still felt like a really cohesive project, which I'm very happy about, so. I mean, I don't think it sounds, like, heartless or anything. Uh, I mean, like, I think of, like, like you saw my thing out there. I really love this artist called Lemon Demon. I'm actually, I've been working on this insanely long project where I'm going to do a massive review on my favorite album of his. But when I think of, like, artists all have different processes, right? Like, he specifically talked about making that album over, like, a three-year time span or something and constantly revising, constantly, you know. It was, some. he took literally old tracks from old stuff sometimes and just, like, ended up either sampling it in the album or completely just throwing it in there because it fit. I don't think that's I don't think that's lazy. I think that's smart. I mean, like I, not lazy, but I don't think that's like heartless or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just smart. It's like when you're working on a project, sometimes you'll just think of something, why not include it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not random. It's you made it. This is your thing. If you're going to make a collection of your things, you can use whatever things you want, however you want them. Like I mean, people do that all the time, like even writers and stuff. They'll literally take old sections from writings and throw it in a new thing yeah i don't know i guess it's just more of i feel like i felt like the answer was supposed to be a little more heartfelt like you know i just felt so like moved and inspired i mean a lot of my music does move me and inspire me but like you know i mean that's just really the process it's just i randomly make beats throughout the year and then if i feel it is worthy enough to be on the project i'm like okay let's put it on the project no i feel you i mean i think being i mean personally this is something that i kind of had to work on i think that i can be a very emotional person sometimes and i think it kind of gets in the way of creating like i don't know just be so gushy about everything just do it all right so did you have any goals for this project (laughs) when you went into it um not really i well i the only goal i had is that everyone felt 
the project the same way I felt it. Like, a hundred percent when I made the track Bobby, I wanted at least the people that knew Bobby to feel that track. Like, I wanted them to be like, okay, I needed that. And my friend Sean, he told me, he was like, like when I heard it, I wasn't expecting it, but I know I needed it, like, at that time. So, I really, I mean, every time I make music, I just want people to really feel it. Even the last three tracks, like, I, those three are my, well, yeah, they're my three favorite tracks on the project. So, when I made those those three right there, my intention was for people to realize, oh, he doesn't just make like lo-fi beats like he can make something a little bit different than just being like oh you know i'm gonna play a really sad guitar and have rain in the background or have some random anime quote you know playing and stuff like that like he can actually do other things so jumping into a kind of really different topic but one that is so interesting i think especially when we like compare ourselves and contrast ourselves is uh how do you factor creating into your life And how do you balance it with everything as far as like work, friends, family, all the other obligations you have? How, what, what role does like creating play in your life right now? And how do you do it? That's a very easy question, if I'm being completely honest, because I feel like a lot of people, at least with their life, they go to work, they go home and handle all their house stuff. But since I have the luxury of not having my own place at the moment, like I don't really have to worry about much when I get home. There's the want for me to want to play you know my game and stuff like that but honestly if you wanted to know what my day looked like it would literally just be I wake up I go to work I come home and I either make beats or I play the game and then I'm just chilling like I feel like some people think that me making a beat takes forever but like (laughs) I will literally sit there which I did in like January I I literally sat down 30 minutes I made like nine beats like back to back to back to back and I finished them it wasn't like I made the loop and then I went to the next one and then I made the loop and then I went to the next one I made every single one of those back to back to back and I was like well I'm because I can work fast so for me making the beats isn't really the issue just more of finding a moment where I could really sit down and be like and feel it I guess I could say yeah and you know I mean I know because I've talked to you a lot Mm -hmm. that it's not like you just fell into that these were all intentional decisions to stay living in a spot where you could focus on oh yeah for sure because like I mean we're both we're both Gary V followers to an extent you know and um I I totally vibe with a lot that he has to say about like you know like cutting back so that you can do more I agree with him. I do like the one thing I have with Gary V is that I think that uh, he doesn't take into consideration that everyone doesn't have the same like little little opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think that like that's not really the point in what he does. So I don't mind it. But I, I do think that you're smart to do what you did. Right. Like because what, what's the point in throwing yourself into a situation where you have to work to live and then can't make beats? Yeah. There's just no point. in. That. That's one thing that I did think about. Like as much as I want to move out, trust me, I want to get out. But at the same time, I also don't have to, you know, all my checks don't have to go directly towards, you know, my rent or towards food that I'm about to eat. Don't at me. Or anything. <laughs> 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 I looked you in dead in the eye when I said that. But, um, like, I don't have to put it, you know, towards something. I can kind of focus more on the work that I want to do in hopes that whenever this does blow up, then I can be like, okay, I can quit my job and I can actually get my own place now. Because now I'm doing this for a living. Yeah. And like, 
I think uh, as far as goal focused is like, I know a lot of people don't consider it a goal, like necessarily to have such a broad goal, but I think that it is a goal because personally, I, I used to have that goal. Um, I used to want to create full time and not, not that I don't, I just, trust me, I still have that goal. Yeah. It's just a little different, but I, I actually was, I don't know if I ever told you all this, but like before the pandemic hit, I was set to move in with my mom in Fayetteville. Like it was going to happen. And then the pandemic hit and it kind of became this complicated situation because I had been traveling recently and I was nervous to go back home because I didn't know. Yeah. You know. Everyone was so scared at the time. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if it was safe to go back home. So I made the decision to stay in school. And had it not been for Ella, I think I would have been moved to go back home. But I didn't want to leave that behind because I am just just personally how I am. The relationship meant more to me than moving home and having that advantage, which I think there'd be nothing wrong with like having made a different decision. It's just who I am. Yeah. And so I made the decision to, to stay here and to try out life this way with the mindset that I would still create as my full time goal. Um, but I think that's that's something that just changes like as you go on, like you either stick with it, yeah. you know, or you change a little bit. And I think change is the most uncomfortable thing in the world. I actually couldn't come to terms with it for the longest time. And I think that's the difference between my creating content now, which mm -hmm. to me just feels more genuine and less fear driven mm -hmm. than the content I created last year on a very inconsistent schedule because I couldn't come to terms with the fact that I was not going to create 24 seven. Yeah. I just couldn't come to terms with the fact that there were other things that I was prioritizing in my life because I had always seen myself as somebody who was creative 99% of the time. Mm -hmm. And to think that like, no, actually sometimes I just like to lay in bed with my dog and think about the kid I'm going to raise someday. Yeah. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that because there's a lot of people who uh, don't exactly have the time to do it. Like you said. So it was like, there's nothing wrong with that. Trust and believe there isn't. But I will say a lot of people who, do uh have the time and just choose not to those are the ones that's like okay nah like i you should probably get up and i mean i would even say that that's probably the reason that i don't know if i would consider it exactly success i mean a success to me so i'm gonna say it. that's why i would consider like the success that i've been having so far a success because it's like i don't have anything to do at home and i'm just sitting there watching youtube so i'm like i might as well just be making beats while i'm doing it instead of me just sitting here kind of wasting time. And I'm not on my whole, like, you know, grind 24-7. Like, I'm, I'm not up till 3 o'clock in the morning making beats and stuff. No. Like, I go to sleep around the same time every day. I, like I said, though, I'll just sit down and make one a beat or two every once in a while. Because, I mean, not to make it as nonchalant as it needs to be, but, no, honestly, all it takes is one beat. It really does. Like, most of us wouldn't have heard about Kanye until he decided to, you know, make beats for Jay-Z or most of us wouldn't have heard about um take a day trip unless he made Mo Bamba so it's like all it takes is really that one beat and I could be wrong about that uh, take a day trip one I I'm not familiar with the work before that but you get the point yeah no I think you're making a great point here and um I think this is a fun discussion to have honestly because I totally agree that there are a lot of people out there who just do nothing as opposed to doing something yeah. when they want to do something and i think that's that's something that like honestly i i force myself to be very aware of where i'm putting my time mm -hmm. because it's really easy like i see why it's so friggin easy after working 10 hours being on my feet all day after having to you know take care of the pets in the morning and like i honestly yeah you might say like leanne why do you have so many pets if you don't have so much time i, I mean i told you my goal is to have kids if i can't take care of a pet how am i going to take care of a kid 
It's so it, you know, to me, it kind of uh, comes down to like understanding and being aware of yourself because yeah, when I come home from work, there are times I don't even, there's times I don't even want to be like, man, go feed yourself, <laughs> but I can't do that. You know, I gotta, I gotta get up and do those things. And there are times where I like, like I told you, I told you earlier, like at night, it's usually my time for Ella because we both work different schedules. I went, I'm a night shift. She usually works day shift. We don't see each other until late at night. So it's like, I give her that time. Most of the time, there are times though, where like we have this boundary and expectation set with each other where like, Hey, I'm almost done writing this thing. So I'm going to need like an hour to finish writing it because that's what I'm doing today. And there are times, you know, with her painting business where she's like, yeah, I'm not going to lay down in bed tonight. I'm painting something. Um, so I think like it really just takes like for creating you one being self-aware and learning to, to, to communicate with yourself and others of what you need in space and stuff. Cause I've got people, sometimes they ask to hang out and I'm like, honestly, I have, this is the most free time I've had in like two weeks today I'm going to make something. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to go out today. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I haven't exactly. seen you in like two months, but quite frankly, we'll be fine. Yeah, like, we'll be good. <laughs> okay, it'll be fine. But yeah, I mean, that's just the thing. Like, a lot of people will sit there and just be like, oh, you know, stuff not moving right, stuff don't do this, stuff don't do that. But then, you know, you go to their Instagram or you go to something and it's just like, you can't even tell that they actually do something. Yeah. So it's like, why just why not just work like you have no, if you have nothing to do like i said like if you have a whole entire life family and kids you know what i'm saying this topic isn't for you because you, yeah this does not apply to you but like if you're not really working or like you are working and you just come home don't got shit to do like just get up make that beat make that video make that you know write that blog you know what i'm saying i think there's an element of this that is important to talk about is how therapeutic it is to have more to your life than just work and and getting obligations done because there are times where like yeah my obligations make me feel good because I did oh look at that I paid my taxes like you know like (laughs) just little things that you have to do but uh, my fulfillment does not come from my job I like my job it's pretty chill I you know like my coworkers. my fulfillment doesn't come from that my fulfillment does come from my family but like it's it's healthy to have more things that fulfill you yeah you you need to have that one thing that actually that's for you like, as much as my music, like, I make the music and I post it for other people. At the end of the day, it's really for me. Like, I I thoroughly enjoy this. So I want to show y'all. Because if it was just for money, I would post random beats that had no sense. And they're just doo-doo garbage butter. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's. I feel everyone does need to have a creative outlet, though. And funny enough, I did have this conversation with uh, my manager the other day where she was like, someone had said that she doesn't do a lot of creative stuff and i'm like well you some people find creativity in like the smallest things like i was like you have a hobby you you have something creative like i would consider organizing baking all that stuff i would consider that a creative endeavor but like to have the you need to i feel like a lot of people need to have something that is specifically for their enjoyment just so that you can get that little bit of happiness from this one thing that you did. No, but yeah, seriously, I, I think that what you're saying is completely true. And I think that um, in, in my own life, I'm definitely, I would say too, not as to say like, oh, I'm super successful. I'm a successful writer. I'm published. I'm not published. I wish I was. You're going to be published. Be I'm going to be someday you're gonna when be I finish published. that novel I'm working on. Exactly. So as far as like being uh, successful, what that means, we talked about that in our first podcast together, wow. actually. Full circle. Isn't but that don't go nice? listen to that. That's the worst podcast ever. Listen go to the listen second to and it. third. Go listen to it. <laughs> but um, 
as far as like what being successful means, I would say in 2021, I wasn't successful, but I'm not beating myself up over that because I had a lot going on in 2021 and I came through it. But in 2022, I do feel a lot more successful because I am back to creating and I might not be creating as often, but I am actually creating very steadily. I do it every single day. I make sure that I just like literally, even if I just write like just a little bit, even if I just make like one day where I just go to my air table and I plan all my stuff, like just doing something to contribute to it every single day, I know is making some kind of a difference and impact, helping me stay in the creative mindset. And I, like you said, I don't do it just for money because if I did it just for money, I'd be writing blog posts about very sensational things that would just get all the clout. I'm doing it because it's just so exciting when I can, hey, there's so much that goes into writing something. Honestly, it takes a week to write one thing. And, and that's because I don't have a lot of time, but like there's the research phase, there's the outline, and there's the edits and everything. You got to go back through, you know, it takes me a really long time to make one post. And then when I post that post, it feels so good because I did something this week. I did something cool, right? Self-fulfillment. All right. Yeah. So that was like, um, I guess, creative mental health advice for yes. you. <laughs> the creative mental health hour with PME and DJ Psyche. Yeah. And I want to say that too, like if you're in a creative endeavor, and this is something I want us to talk about because we did like do a podcast together early 2020 together, you know, and it's been two years now that we've been doing this stuff. You more consistently than I, but we both. You say that every single time. (laughs) We both have. (laughs) I just want to make it clear, but we both have kept it up, which is actually like honestly an achievement in and of itself. There are most people fall off because they're not making the high numbers they thought they would make. So I, I mean, first of all, we should celebrate that we're still doing this. We're still going strong. We still, you you know, we're not millionaires, but we're still doing it. So I just wanted to say that, like. Personally, I feel like this feels so much lower than I would have ever expected it to feel. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Oh, like, you same. feel like it's slow as heck? The exact same. It's, I, yeah, I thought it was going to take, I thought I was going to be, I'm not going to say a millionaire or nothing like that, but I thought I would make a little bit more change than that. And I was like, oh, like, nah, this is going to take a minute. <laughs> I mean, out of 156 beats, only 59, sorry, only one sold, I was like, ooh. Yeah, I got to switch something up. I think that's probably, I, that's not the reason, that's not the main reason, but like, that's somewhat of a reason why I decided to just like kind of focus on my own stuff this year because I was like something ain't shaking so I'm like I'm just gonna make my own stuff because making my own stuff makes me happier than well it made me happy but the whole self-fulfillment thing self-fulfillment thing it makes me feel better that I'm putting something out and everyone's like oh go listen to this so this is really dope you know because the beats for sale really wasn't for everybody it was for a very niche group that i don't i guess i I mean i just don't have the audience for it like uh, none of my none of the people that follow me at least that i know of are rappers or artists or anything like that a couple yes but like the majority of them just want music to listen to so i was like i'll just switch my focus then oh see now the interesting thing i think about that too is that the first yeah like like you said like the first two years it it is it feels kind of slow but i think a point you hit on there is that the first couple of years however long that may be for us is so much experimentalism in what you're doing and how you're doing it it's constantly experimenting like you like there's the aspect of the thing you create but then there's a whole other thing when you talk about marketing Uh and how we go on social media and i've noticed that both of us like when you look at our like first few posts about how we posted about things versus what we're doing now completely different image we're conveying yeah 
and I mean, it's just the part of the whole growth thing, just being like, okay, this is where I was. I mean, this is that was where we were in the beginning, and now we're here now, you know. We have somewhat of a knowledge of how to navigate the forest that we have decided to put ourselves into. So it's more like we can do better things. We can do stuff in a better manner instead of just being like, oh, I'm just going to blindly throw something at a dartboard and hope it sticks. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, And I think that what kind of also makes it cool with all this like experimenting in the earlier phases, I think that I think that seeing how much has changed in in two years. Mm -hmm. For sure. We know in the back of our mind that what we're doing now is not what we're going to be doing two years from now. It's going to be very different. It's kind of this exciting. That's kind of one thing about creating and like not like we said not everyone's going to want to pursue their thing online not everyone's going to want to try to make it public but if you do there's this thrill you know there's this thrill that you're chasing almost not like chasing like oh i need it but like it's like in the back of your mind you're like this could happen because it happens to people people post stuff online and then it becomes their life and it's like it's this thing in the back of your mind that yeah people always say the odds are against you but that's that's a negative mindset that's going to take you nowhere yeah. So if you kind of just focus on this like thrill of like, well, things are going to be different a few years from now. I'm, I could things to be very different for me. It It's kind of a source of motivation being like, this is how today is, but it's not going to be like this next year. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people will get down on that because they'll be like, oh, stuff ain't moving. And they'd be like, they'll be doing it for like either a year or like a couple months. And they'd be like, oh, stuff isn't moving. So I need to do something else. And then like, completely miss out on the fact that they didn't even work really hard at that they just did it just because they were like oh yeah like everyone else is doing this let me do it yeah it takes time to build an audience and i i want to talk on something too that i kind of just forgot to mention but for me personally this is one of the the biggest aspects of all of this is that you have to get better you're going to get better and you have to get better and you might think you're really good now which you probably are you're going to be amazing soon. I want you all to know that I'm incredibly self-aware on, uh, one, the fact that this is not the most aesthetically pleasing shot ever. In fact, this shot kind of looks not great. But the thing is, if you're afraid of making stuff that's not very good, if you're like, oh, I'm not amazing, so I shouldn't put stuff out there, or I shouldn't create because I don't know, you're not going to pick up your camera one day and make Matt Diavella style videos. You're just not. You're not going to do that. You're going to make videos that look like this. <laughs> and you're gonna eventually make videos that look like something like Matt Diavella's. Don't just copy people, but you're gonna make good yeah. videos someday. You're gonna make good stuff. One example we have used so many times, I love to bring this up because to me, I think this is one source of growth that's just so funny, is that first podcast we did together Ooh, yeah, where one, my, my editing was crap, and also the conversation was so awkward because we just weren't flowing together the conversation wasn't what it is i feel like even though i'm not the best at video stuff after two years of doing a podcast i've gotten a lot better at talking on a podcast so like it's just these these growth things you know you'll never get better until you start if those first few episodes didn't exist i wouldn't have these episodes which i'm prouder of my recent blog post i'm actually really proud of the formatting of that one and the conversation in it and the research that went into it that's stuff you learn along the way how to do that stuff how to get better at it and, like, if you don't make the shitty stuff that, like, you kind of regret posting online, you're never going to make the good stuff. So those first few years, you can't be mad because nobody wants to watch your 2K resolution video. Yeah. I mean, you have to get you have to get better, like you said. And, again, a lot of people will try and be perfectionists or try and be 
like this person who wa- they want to make content like I could see somebody probably looking at me and being like, oh, I want to make content like him. But then they try and make a beat. Their beat doesn't sound anything like mine. And then they're like, I'm just going to give up on it. But it's like you can't do that. You can't just completely throw whatever you're going to do in the trash because then it's like like you're not going to grow. You're not going to get to the point where it's like, oh, my stuff is good. If I showed y'all the first beat I made, y'all would not believe that I made it because it is ass i apologize for cursing but it's bad like in every i don't every once in a while i'll go back and listen to that and just like what was going through my mind at that time like it's a couple of them and i was just it's you don't get to the good stuff without going to the bad stuff you're not going to be able to make that movie mcu cinematog cinema you know what i'm trying to say you're not gonna be able to make that masterpiece Cinematic, thank you. This cinematic masterpiece without um going through and making the little garbage random YouTube video you made as a kid. Like you're not gonna be able to get there because it's stepping zones. You're not gonna you can't just start skipping stairs because you wanna step scare stairs because your legs ain't long enough to do that, you know? That was a really good analogy also. That I am was. proud of that. <laughs> I'll put that in the audio for the uh you know, when we do the promotion material. <laughs> but um I was going to say, too, this, this podcast is taking a different direction. Like, screw the notes. We're just going to talk what we want to talk about. But what I wanted to say was, um, so we talked about a few different legs in creating. One of the things in these last few years that I think has impacted me the most, and I think you would totally agree, is the people you meet along the way. Yes, for sure. It changes you. It changes sure. your point of view. It teaches you so many things. I think that, and I, I've heard this before when it came to, like, creating and stuff. When I first started, I remember I used to watch a bunch of videos, and everyone always said, you know, you it's your project, but you can't do this all alone. You need other people to guide you, show you, teach you. Like, what role have other people in your life played in your creative journey? It's so wild that you say that, too, because going back to the um, the guy I was talking about, Slim Wave, he also said something like that, where he was like, a lot of people think that they can do it by themselves, but it's like, you also can't make a movie by yourself. You need a cast. Like, you need a whole, you need background people, you need people, you need supporting characters, all that type of stuff. So honestly more of just a lot of people who have challenged me creatively um a lot of my friends well my uh best friend nate him and a lot of his homeboys make music and stuff like that so they basically wanted me to hop in with them and stuff like that so first time really producing for another artist i mean it was a challenge you know really sitting there like they're shooting ideas at me and i'm like trying to work as hard as i can or trying to work as fast as I can, at least. Like, yeah, I work fast. But, I mean, from my, own, my own pace is different. But, like, those guys, for sure, like, even giving me, like, creative thoughts, creative feedback. Uh, One of my other homies, Chano, every time I talk to him, like, I mean, just the creative talks that me and him have. So, like, honestly, if you just meet any other creative person, like, that's always a good thing. Because then you can sit there and really just shoot ideas back and forth. Because, I mean... Even me and you, like, me and you sitting here, I could get a random idea for something later on down the line that I may want to do. Yes, I make music, but, I mean, I could also venture into other opportunities and stuff like that. So, you know, a lot of the people, plus meeting a lot of musicians, I I haven't met a lot, a lot of musicians. But I do have a lot of homies that um, play instruments and stuff like that. So, you know, it's always good that I could just be like, hey, send me some random loops that you could just randomly think of. I totally agree. I think that people, they'll impact you in like a lot of different ways. But I think that um, it's just, 
it's so interesting the role that other people can play in it because like you said like you don't even have to be in the same field i don't like just a creative like honestly a creative is going to change something teach you something because at the end of the day like maybe it's from an actual creative perspective that you learn something maybe it's from a marketing perspective maybe you just meet someone and you think man I liked that person. What did I like about that person? What was so cool? Like, honestly, like one of the things I actually took a a course online about YouTube. And one of the things that uh, he talked about was you, you got to go to like, like, let's say you're a YouTuber, go to YouTube, look up all your favorite YouTubers, watch a bunch of their videos, really analyze what you like about them, because that's, what's going to help you find out what you want to put in your stuff. You got to do that with, you know, if you're a musician, you got to Listen to your music and be like, well, what do I like about this song? What do I like about all these songs that stand out to me? And if you meet somebody on the side of the road and they're creative, what did you like about them that made you so interested in talking to them? You know, and like I've had so many people that I've seen like or that I've met and then we add each other on social media and I look at their page and I'm like, I would follow you. This is likable. What is so likable about this? You know, these things like help you just learn how to do things i've already given the example of like that old job i had that really just taught me a lot about marketing which was really fun uh you know like like the little things the little things you learn when i learned about how important it is for everything you have to connect you need to have a link tree on your instagram you need to have your youtube taking you other places and your comments and your descriptions if you're not linking people back to your big circle they're gonna lose you wherever they found you exactly there has to literally be a big circle of like like just literally a circle of links like if I give you a link to my Instagram, my Instagram also has my link tree in the bio. My link tree also has all the new stuff I have. Plus, my Instagram is also in the bio, you know, in case you also want to uh, all my other social media. So it has my Twitter, has my Instagram, like even though you should be coming from Instagram, has my Facebook, has my Spotify, my SoundCloud, all that stuff. But if you go to any of those other links, there are also links to lead you back to where you went to in the beginning. So, like, if you don't have... Because people are going to want to follow you when you do get to that point. Like, people are going to want to be like, oh, I enjoy this person. Because a lot of it, even with creatives, like, yeah, a lot of people come for the content. But a lot of people also come for just the personality itself. So, like, if your stuff doesn't, like, go back in this big circle of network being, like, oh, one link, two link, three link, four, you know, then it's not going to work out the best way. Because no one's going to know where you are or how to keep up with you at least. Yeah. Yeah. No, literally just the other day I was listening to a podcast at work and I found the two people pretty likable and apparently they both had businesses and working in reptiles. So I went to the description, couldn't find anything like there was no links or anything. I had to like listen to it to find their names and look them up and was able to find it that way. But there are not many people who are going to go through all of that to find you. You want to make it as easy as possible because I honestly part of me was just like, whatever, I don't care. But then I was also like, okay, I want to see their snakes. So that kind of drew me in. But it's kind of like analyzing your own thought processes too that help you make decisions, right? What can I talk about that's going to make people want to follow me? Just saying like, comment, and subscribe is not that interesting. But if you said something crazy like follow me on Instagram, I post say something really obscene here yeah. like then they're gonna be like okay let me go see that like yeah. oh follow pme on instagram he posts pictures of himself sitting on the toilet i do indeed i do if i get look if any i want whoever's watching this if you go to my instagram to my latest post and comment i'm trying to think of something funny what what's something comment three poop emojis okay three poop emojis and i will post that same picture on my story and tag whoever did it so yeah 
I'm not posting it on my Instagram. I'm not doing that. I'm posting it on the story, though, because I don't want me to post it on my actual, like, story feed, and then the wrong person follow, or the right person follows me, and then I just ruin my opportunity for whatever it is. <laughs> you know. Huge producer sees that, and they're yeah. like, all right, this guy takes pics on the Yeah, yeah. Timbaland is going to follow me, and then he's going to be like, I'm like, ah, damn it. <laughs> okay, so, like, I... I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast ever before, so I'll say it briefly. There was a period of time in college, way before I met Ella, where I would go on Tinder mm-hmm. to meet creatives. You told me you about told this a little bit, yeah. Had so many creative Tinder dates. I can't, I, <laughs> three of them turned out bad, but we're not going into that today. But yeah, I, I had a lot of good, bad experiences. I don't think that's the way to meet creatives. I'm here to tell you that's not the avenue to take because it was, I mean, you can, you can. I, I didn't get much it. from it. Don't do it. Don't do that. You might put your life in danger. Now, I will say, I will say that if I, if I didn't go through that phase, I would have never met Pat Danger. So it was worth it, honestly. It was worth it. Shout out to Pat. Shout out to Pat. But um, it was worth it. You know, I learned a couple things. I will say, I met a photographer guy. He taught me how to use my camera. Like, just like after one day, he showed me a few things and I, had this photography phase and those pictures are still all over my website and stuff. So you know what? I actually did have two very positive Tinder dates. Pat and I two. don't remember his name, but I follow him on Instagram. Wow. I'm so sorry. I haven't talked to that guy since that day. Okay. But uh <laughs> but anyhow, um yeah. Well, the the best example, the best example I have of creativeness, uh, you know, whatever, meeting people. I wanna say my if I give advice to anyone who's a creative Take your shots wherever they are. Because one day I got an email, right? I'm like scrolling through my emails and I get this email from my university theater. I'm still subscribed to them even though I'm an alumni and I'm still allowed to look at the emails and and take in on the opportunities. If I want to, I don't know, pursue acting sometime, I can like audition for their stuff. I'm still allowed to do that. Well, there was this one opportunity where some guy was making a short film here and it said that, it said that, um, oh, they're looking for people to do XXX. I kept thinking to myself, I'm not qualified to work on a short film. But then I was like, well, I can just te- I can just email the guy and ask if he wants help. I'm d- I don't have big credentials. I am not like my cinematography skills are lacking. Honestly, I, I there was one point where I was getting kind of better at making videos, but I've, I've kind of been lacking lately. So I'm like, I know my credentials aren't that great, but I'm gonna take my shot. So I took my shot, and um, he initially asked me for a reel, and that's when I kind of just I kind of just ghosted him because mm-hmm. I don't have a, I don't have a reel. Yeah, you man. do not. Yeah, I don't. So I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna put something together that looks horrible and, and tragic so i just your first I just impression would have been garbage anyways anyways so um what i did was i just didn't say anything but he ended up messaging me back and saying like oh there's this assistant director position you know it's not like you know not over the wall like a crazy opportunity but like if you want to be involved and i was like heck yeah thank you for like giving this opportunity because i thought it was just awesome I had no idea what I was going into here though. Like, I didn't know if this was like somebody who just has a camera and just wants to do something. This guy's amazing, okay? His name's Jeffrey, Jeffrey Ho. If you wanna follow him on Instagram, I'm gonna put that in the description. He's super awesome and the, the short film was amazing. And the experience was like something I, I wish I could go back to that week all the time. Everyone on set was amazing. I did not, I did not act shy on set. I was in a, I was in a like an outdoor space full of creatives. It was like a place to thrive. I talked to everyone. I made friends with everyone on set. I have a few of them on Instagram still. You know, like, I'm totally rooting for them because Mikey Perez is going to be an awesome actor one day. You're going to hear that name. Like, he's awesome. So this experience wasn't just like, oh, I met people, which was super awesome because I still have contact with some of these people. And, you know, 
I, I've literally hung out with him. He invited me to like this Halloween party. It was so awesome. So it wasn't just meeting really cool people, um, which was a really awesome opportunity. It was how much I learned like from start to finish. I saw, I, I read the script. I saw the vision. I saw the filming of each scene. I saw, oh man, the, the guy who did the cinematography. I wish I could remember his name right now. I can't remember it at the moment. I know, I'm a horrible person, horrible okay? Person. I'm a horrible person. And he was really, really awesome. His work was just beyond fantastic. And just, just seeing how the shots were filmed, seeing how many times it was done, like how many times we shot each thing so that in editing they could work with it. Like, just viewing the process was so inspiring. It taught me a lot. It taught me a lot. I, I would have never thought that is what it's like to make a short film. It is, I don't remember exactly how long it is. It's, it's really short, probably not much longer than 20 minutes, if that. But we did it over five days. And I'll tell you, that was five long days. Like It, it was kind of like everyone worked hard. It was amazing. Everyone was dedicated to getting this project done Like from like 8 a.m. to like past five to eight every night. You know, like doing this like a full time job for a week, which, yeah, I, I totally like took time off work to do this. Oh, <laughs> and it was worth sure. it. It was totally that. worth it. Like, honestly, I would say, like, if you get a shot like this and you have time off work, do it. Mm -hmm. Because it was really amazing just seeing this stuff and getting inspired. And uh, since I'm saying that, I do want to say that, that the, the short film was, is called Beaver Boys. And it's not out or anything yet, but it is in some film festivals. So if you want to check it out, you can check it out there um, until, you know, it's going to be there until posted somewhere Dude. eventually you should follow beaver boys on instagram because they have an instagram page and it's amazing or i will come and slap you <laughs> but my whole point here is that it is really amazing to meet people and if you're a creative person you should take every chance you get if i had just been so intimidated that i didn't send that email i wouldn't have gotten that amazing experience met some amazing people and been really inspired by it because i, I know right now i'm focusing on writing that's something that like you know, it's a part of the process. So you got to write a script. I also would like to be very multifaceted someday, but I've learned that like doing everything at once is a little convoluted. It's better to, okay, I'm going to write this year. Next year I might do cinematography just solely, you know, like just like taking time to get into something. But that kind of made me see that like, yeah, that like, I can't even explain it. I'm sure you know what I'm saying. Like when you get yeah, really into a project, yeah. you feel this feeling in you that is just so, I, I was like, I honestly could be an assistant director for the rest of my life. I will run around on sets. I will take, I'll pick up your props. I will, you know, I'll fan the actresses. This is amazing. Yeah. Like being involved in this project is amazing. Yeah. Uh, when you feel that way, you know you're in the right space. That creativeness sure. is just always gonna, I'm always gonna want it to be my day job. I am. And like when I was talking to you earlier about, um, you know, like having thoughts of wanting a family changing me, it's not like I wanna work an average job and never be creative. I do want creativeness to be my main income and then my family. I want to be like, you know, Will Smith, you know, my whole family and still a creative person. But uh, just just because of the situation I'm in at the moment, I kind of do want to not like, I don't know, maybe next year I'll be like, Jonathan, screw what I said. I'm going all in on this creative stuff. I'll have my family when I make my money. But as as it stands right now, I am kind of like in this position where I am creating. I am doing it consistently. Literally every chance I get, I'm doing it. But I'm not willing to make sacrifices towards my life to get creating further. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, like you said, it's just a priority thing. Like you, you have the priority of being like, I have to do, I have to do what I have to do currently. Exactly. You have a whole fiance. You have lizard children and such. So I mean, you have a priority. So you can't, you can't sacrifice everything 
because you want to, you know, do that. That would be a bit selfish. That sounds unhealthy. Very unhealthy as well. (laughs) And, like, imagine if you did have a child. Like, you know, then you're just going to be like, child, you're going to have to suffer the way I did. And, you know, or suffer even worse than I did while mommy tries and, you know, becomes a writer. You know what I'm saying? Spends another 60 years trying to become a writer. Exactly. Not 60 years. It's not going to be 60 years. It's not going to be 60 years. I claim it. When we hit our 10-year anniversary, we're both going to be like, LMAO, look where we were before. Not saying it's going to take 10 years, but that's like that's a realistic timeline. So hold on. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to flip the script on you. What do you want to do in 2022? What are your goals, huh? Yeah, in 2022, I really... I want to to make that sigh. That sigh was necessary, honestly. I want to make sure that I keep creating in my life in a very healthy way. And like, I'm not gonna get too into the, I literally, every time I talk about this, I say I'm not gonna get into it. And then maybe one of these days I should just to be more authentic. But uh, I just I just had a really bad relationship with creating last year. Like it, it was like, it was obsessive and it was taking over my life and it was very unhealthy. And it was like to a point where it, it affected my personal life in so many negative ways. So for me, yeah, there are some goals as far as like, I wanna keep consistently uploading to my blog. That's like a big, like the biggest creative goal. But my my underlying goal that's just so important to me is that I create in healthy ways, that I still have a work-life balance, that I still allow myself to enjoy myself. You know, like I love reading, so I read more. I don't stress about writing 24 seven because I was so stressed about making stuff when I didn't have time last year or I didn't have the, the mental capacity that I wasn't even enjoying anything. I didn't read, I didn't read that many books last year. It was so pathetic and I love reading. So it's just kind of like, for me, it's just prioritizing not like making creativeness the only thing I have in my life. Like I still, that work-life balance is essential. Like that's, that's my goal for 2020. So I feel like if in 2020 I can perfect my work-life balance, I can have a healthy relationship with making stuff, doing stuff I enjoy, and still having my life. Then in 2023, I can kick up the gear a little higher. But I'm not gonna kick up the gear when I already know I have this tendency to like disrupt my own life for the sake of creating. Okay, okay. What about you? Man, I'm just trying, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to, just trying to be happy. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be a millionaire. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to work at McDonald's so I can get free french fries. I'm the mess with you. You are trying? <laughs> <laughs> but nah, I mean, my goal, actually, it's really on this goal of self-fulfillment, really, to just, I want to flesh out my Spotify page a little bit more. I have a lot of tracks that I do want to work on. I have an I, I have a track that I, this is my first time publicly saying this too, where I want to do like an animated music video for it. And I have the person I want to contact, but I just haven't done it yet because I haven't finished the track. I want to actually finish the track before I do it and put like the last finishing touches on it. But I want to, it's a lot. Of, I really just want to dig deep into fleshing out the artist side of me because I, I would say there is like a bit of a difference like I would consider myself, I consider myself an artist and a producer, but like kind of want to get to this year. I want to focus on the artist side. Like I really want to focus on fleshing out my sound compared to trying to build somebody else's where, well, I'm doing that, but also at the same time behind the scenes, like I'm not posting the beats weekly and stuff like that. But if I'm in the studio with a couple of my homies and they're like, Ayo, let's make some stuff. I'm like, bet, let's do it. Like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, no, it's only about me this year. 2022 is me, but no. So that that's kind of my goal this year is really just flesh out my own sound. 
and grow musically as well because I am doing uh something that I've been wanting to do for a while. I hope that the my mic picked up that swallow. That was a really good swallow. Um I'm doing something right now. I've been doing it for a couple like since last year, but I'm really just going through a whole bunch of music and just I'm really just consuming a lot of older music or just music that is considered like the greatest of all time. Like I went through all of Jay-Z's discography, same with Kanye, but Nas, that's another one. And even artists that I just like, like I went through Leon Bridges, who's like a, uh, a alternative R and B artist. And I mean, I freaking love him, but really just growing musically doing that. I'm teaching myself how to play guitar. I want to do piano as well soon. So really just, growth is just my big word for this year is growth mm, nice yeah oh my gosh. i like that we have uh, some stuff in common there i feel like right. it's pretty fun we uh, both over here growing oh my gosh, i want to say just one more quick thing that i think it's awesome yeah to like as a cre as a creator to always step back and re remember that there's two sides to creating creating and consuming you know like mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna write any better if I'm not reading any better. Like, yeah, exactly. One thing, I'm, ooh, I have a book review. It's actually in process right now for next week, and uh, I realized something. You know, like you're saying, like you went back to older, older stuff yeah. to kind of get back. I realized uh, something in myself. Now I'm not gonna say anything. Like I'm not really into the like, whole pushing political or whatever, but. Uh, you know, a lot of people point out how like a lot of big authors are just white men and that's the perspective you're getting. And I read a lot of white men, nothing wrong with it. And I love, you know, Stephen King and love all these other people. Men, right? I love these <laughs> white men, right? I love these white men. Stephen King and Chuck Palahniuk are, they're amazing. Well, I don't know if Chuck Palahniuk is only white, but you know, I assume they're both white. Anyways, uh, from, from thinking about that. And then I read this book by Britt Bennett and she's a black woman, completely different from what I've been reading, just white men. Amazing book, amazing perspective. Way, way new. Like the the writing style was different, and the perspective was so different and insightful. And it made me realize I gotta read more artists who are diverse. Same thing with like listening to music from different eras and stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's just a cool thing to point out because like yeah, it's something I want to talk about on my own, on my own yeah. later. But yeah, and I mean, you said it earlier where it was like you're consuming stuff and you're finding things in the things you're consuming that you really like. So you're like, oh, this, the way this artist, at least in my case, the way this artist did this hi-hat, I really like that. Or the way that he did this 808, I really like that. And for you, it'd be like, oh, the sentence structures, I like that. Or like the way they flow from one topic to another, it'd be like, I really enjoy that, you know? Oh, man, the pers oh, perspectives. The I read two books this year where there's from different characters' the perspectives. Perspective? It's so good. That I love when they switch though? character perspectives. No, I read three novels though? this year that had different perspectives. Oh, mm -hmm. my God. I got to stop. But yeah, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm three novels deep this year. That's a lot more That's than good. I was last year. We're only point. in February. We're only That's in February. Three, three novels, novels deep. That's fire. I'm happy. I'm Thank happy. You. Thank you. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, we've been talking for quite a while. This probably just be about an hour. That's reasonable. You can listen to us for an hour. You'll be all right. <laughs> but uh, give us your time. You'll be fine. Do you have any last like fire words or whatever? Something something spicy to end with? Man. Y'all go home. You gonna take a take a good shower, a good hot shower. Why are you assuming they're not home? I don't know. <laughs> go wherever you're at. If there is a shower available, go take you a good hot shower. Make sure your booty clean. You know what I'm saying. And men, men specifically, <laughs> wipe your asses in the shower. We on we no dookie flakes in 2022. Okay. All right. Hot we getting take. clean, y'all. Hygiene is key. Okay. If any of you men is out here stinking, 
and smelling like booty juice, you gonna catch both my feet to your chest. I right? I'm drop kicking everybody. I'm drop kicking stinky men 2022 on the side. And that's the stance PME has decided to take in 2020. Yeah, my stance is on your chest. That's what. <laughs> can't take you anywhere I nice <laughs> <laughs> i woke up and well thank you for listening to this podcast if you enjoyed it you should check out pme because this is the fourth time pme's been on this podcast i mentioned it excessively but pme made my intro and outro beat and i just have to credit him with that so continue yes if you haven't checked out my music by this point there's something wrong with you at that point i'm not the issue it's you he's so not I'm this gonna, mean in person I'm, i, I am <laughs> <laughs> So I need you to go ahead and click that link in the in the what's it called bio? description description. I don't know why I said bio. Click that link in the description to go to my page. So then you could witness all the craziness from the other side, from my perspective. You know, like she said, perspective. Perspective. Yeah. If you want to see more of his face, he has this video where he drinks lemonade. That's pretty interesting. Yes, that's a very it's a fire video. I actually have some. We're I'm trying to do some more stuff with her because she's my cousin. Go check out the Big Yellow Pot. That's a good shout out. Look at that. We're giving but, you um, so many call to action. Yeah, go check it. I'm telling you a lot. You're on your phone all day anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she. Uh, that was a fun video, and me and her are trying to plan some other stuff to do. So hopefully, Sweet. you know, y'all will see more content from. Me and my cousin, hopefully. Sweet. This is something you'll, if you, you look back at our podcast, you'll see that uh, PME and I, we really just love to support people who support us and projects that support us. Yes. So we, we all about shouting out 10 million people per episode. So, you know, you should just like, well, I, you know, it's going to be all in the description, but you should like maybe take out a pen and paper and write down what you should do for later. Shout out Jesus. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, our, like our Lord and Savior. Yes, oh Lord, thank you, Jesus. I don't know why that confused me so shut, much. Never mind. I'm not gonna make that shut up. I don't know why that confused me so. That confused me a lot for some reason. I was like, I was who gonna is make he? A shout out, and then I'm like, this isn't gonna get posted. When is this getting posted? Do you know? Uh, the, the end of the month, the last Friday of the month. Last Friday of the month. Whatever day that is. I'm gonna check my calendar right now before I make this shout out. The world's because, longest outro. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. This is <laughs> this is important. The last Friday, so the 25th. Yeah. Shout out all the black people. It's Black History Month. <laughs> oh yeah, for real. What is <laughs> that was my shout out? I didn't want to make it, and then you know it's not Black History Month. That's why I said. But then that. I'll post it next year in February. Okay, that's I'm not fine, gonna I do guess. all that. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. I'm stop. I'm gonna stop being silly. I'm sorry. All right. Well, thank. <laughs> thank you for listening. If you got this far, because I check out my stats every now and again, and most people don't get this far. But I'm gonna assume you made it this far because you're listening. And if you made it this far, I I don't know. I don't. I was gonna give them another call to action. Let's not give them any more call to action. They're not gonna do any of this stuff at this point. <laughs> if you made it this far, I need you to comment under this video. One ah damn. Now nah, I was trying to think of something really funny. Um. Put a quote from the B movie. Do that. Right. Maybe like the first, the, the first, not the whole. Story. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like the first two lines from the B movie. It's something about being impossible to fly. I know that much. I don't. In remember. the beginning, I don't. That sounds like the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> quote the Bible, please. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm gonna shut up. Okay. Oh God. This is your show, not mine. What was I gonna say? <laughs> I don't know. I'm we're sorry. trying I'm to end this. You. That's what we're trying to do. I'm gonna shut up. I'm sorry. Oh no, you're good. Oh, my last uh, call to action, you know, if you want to like, comment, and subscribe, if this is YouTube, and if it's not YouTube, you should follow me on Spotify and your, um, 
I don't know where else I post things, but yeah, just, you know, be friendly. I forgot what I was going to, I was, I really had this thought. I I'm like I, dumb because I'm being too silly. I so. had, the, well, there's nothing wrong with being too silly. I had, I'm too I had silly. Okay, in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just mad that I lost this thought, bro. I just had this whole ass thought. What were we talking about? You were talking about this you like said, shout like, out to and Black History Month. You said like comment and subscribe, and then wait, proceeded what I, I to go after that. Wait, why did you look up what the last Friday of February was, as if it wouldn't be February? You know, that's a really good question. <laughs> well, thank you so much for watching. Until next time, stay psyched. Thank you so much for listening. The intro and outro beat used on this podcast was made by my friend and producer, PME. He's super talented, so make sure to check him out. His links are always in the description. And as always, let me know what you're getting psyched about. I do this podcast because I think getting psyched is done best when we do it together. So please let me know. And until next time, stay psyched.